0: Numbers game on Vsin, the sports betting network.
1: Power ratings, picks,
2: previews, predictions, Pro as in become a Vsin Pro subscriber getting all access passed to our betting tools, betting splits and the 2023 college football betting guide, both the college football guide and our NFL betting guide will have you ready to turn a profit on the gridiron this year. The only way to get the guides and everything we have to offer is to become a Vsin Pro subscriber you can do exactly that at slash subscribe That college football guide is ready to go. Oh, Out man. there already
3: if you have read a VEASAN betting guide before, nothing's changed. This thing is jam full. Jam. (laughs) Like, clear out a week of your schedule. You're going to need to read through this whole thing. It's
2: jam full.
3: Or or maybe if you read it, my level, it's going to take you a week.
2: Did you see the – the Star Spangled Banner yesterday from DeMarcus Ware. Oh my
3: gosh, yes. That was the...
2: That was the highlight of the night. I think that was
3: the highlight of the night. That even had... uh, well, it was Aaron Rodgers was talking about it.
2: DeMarcus Ware with a... I don't know if it was DeMarcus that I liked so much or the the version that they did of it that made it sound great too, but it was great. Loved it. Demarcus Ware. Did,
3: did you catch Aaron Rodgers when, when they had him on with uh, on the sideline? They had him on talking about it. Oh no, I missed that. Oh, it, it was great because he was talking about how they. I don't. Know, he was standing some next to a couple guys pregame, and they saw Demarcus Ware like walking out the field,
1: and he's got <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and what? they
3: kind of pointed at it, laughed, and they're like, "What the hell? What the heck's Ware doing out there? Like, why is he going out to the center of the field?" Yeah. And someone made a joke about him like singing the national anthem, and then he went and sung anthem. And national then
2: he anthem. went and sung it. Then he went and sung it. Demarcus Ware, of course, among the ten inductees into the NFL Hall of Fame this weekend, along with the likes of uh, Joe Thomas, the offensive tackle from the Browns. Zach Thomas, you remember him from the Dolphins and the Cowboys, I guess as well. Darrell Revis, back in the old school days. Chuck Howley, '80s. Joe Klecko's in there. Don Coryell is the coach that gets in. Air Coryell, founder of course, or the uh, creator of Air Coryell. Cardinals, Chargers, part of his tree. Joseph Jackson Gibbs, or Joe Jackson Gibbs, rather. And then Rondé Barber made the Hall of Fame. Did you ever watch Rondé Barber and think he was a Hall of Famer? Okay, <laughs>
3: there was always well, there was always those questions about. Well, oh, congratulations, Rondé Barber, you're yeah. in as well.
2: John Legese is a Hall of Famer by any stretch, by any measure. He joins us now to talk some uh, baseball and some football as well. He's both the MLB and NFL writer, uh, both those things for the Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at John Legesa. That's L A G H E Z Z A. How you doing, Johnny?
4: Gil, what's up, man? Ronde Barber. That was interesting. Darrell Reeves, for sure. If I would have known, I would have had my Reeves Island jersey on. He was really great for a long time. I remember him shutting down Calvin Johnson when that just seemed like an impossible feat.
2: Oh yeah. He was he was special. For sure he yeah. was. Uh okay, let's since we're talking football, let's get your football play. You have a, sure. a football season long prop you would like to share.
4: Yes, and now is the time to do it. And always first and foremost, make sure you shop the prices. Of course, I was looking for the best one. And this one is anywhere from 50 to 1 to 75 to 1. And, of course, that's a pretty tremendous disparity just going to a different provider. So I'm going to Buffalo, and nobody circles the wagons at the Buffalo Bills, man. They went... (laughs) And they've been very vocal, and this is something I like to do with football, is not be too creative. Sometimes they actually telegraph this stuff. We saw, we know Buffalo's a high-powered offense. They're very prolific. And we know, you know, Josh Engine is the Ferrari spider engine that makes that thing go. We also saw the downside of that, that team when he's banged up. Then they came out and were very vocal about trying to protect him just from some maybe unnecessary hits. Then they go and bring in Damien Harris, the best between tackle runner the Bills have had. And as long as I can remember, really, and my thinking was, especially in this age of specialized utilization, like we saw with the Lions and Jamal Williams, that Harris is going to be eating up all those tackles. Last year, for example, Allen had TDs from a distance of rushing TDs, four, five, three, one, 36, 11, and four, Sure, the 36 and 11 he took off script. Those other ones... Most of those are designed rushes. I don't think he gets those. I think Damian Harris has a chance to lead the league in rushing touchdowns. He doesn't even have to be that great. Again, we saw it from Jamal Williams, 75-1 to between the tackle runner to protect Josh Allen on a team that could be scoring – you know, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. They'll probably be projected every week. So at seventy-five to one, I don't think there are seventy-four other backs that are going to come close to that.
2: All right, Damian Harris to lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns, not yards. Everybody, rushing touchdowns. Oh, definitely not yards. Definitely <laughs> not yards. Seventy-five to one. Don't want anybody uh, searching for that and be like, I don't see him anywhere. All right, let's talk some. <clears throat> pardon me. Let's talk some baseball. You have the Yankees banner next to you. You're a Yankees yep. guy. It's like you're plucked. We've said this before. It's like you're plucked out of the stands at Yankee Stadium. Uh, last two days have gone well for the Yankees I suppose are you are you all of a sudden thinking that the Yankees are gonna do something this year
4: no (laughs) (laughs) when a a price is too low and we expect it to bounce, we buy the dip but remember there is a converse to an inverse to that we're gonna sell the rip on these Yankees there are not any good I guess that's probably the long and short of it let's dive into today really interesting they're facing the Astros Hosting Hunter Brown and the Astros. This one I thought was really interesting as far as pricing goes because the pricing was – it's reversed, really. The F5 for Houston is cheaper than the full game, even though the Yankees have the bullpen edge. So we want to jump on the first half of this one for sure. Remember, if you are getting into it with the Yankees at the back end of games, that's the only reason why they're above 500. So give me Hunter Brown and the Astros. First five, I saw the one at minus 125, minus 130. Brown's been been excellent. I'm not buying the 412 ERA. All the indicators are 3.5 or below. 27% K, all the stuff we like. The whiff rates in place. He gets ahead and keeps the ball down 54% of the time. Limiting hard contact. One home run per nine. All the stuff we love to see. Flip side, Severino has been an abject disaster. I'm not sure if he's tipping pitches hurt or maybe... A combination of the two. Here's a seven and a half ERA with a 185 whip. This is just awful. And he doesn't have the protection of the Yankees' offense. it been terrible. 230 batting average. Last 500 plate appearances. Sub-100 WRC+. Plus. They lose in the zone. They're not bottom three in pull rate. It's just been really bad. Give me the Astros through five. This one should be pretty easy. Last thing, Severino really struggling against lefties. Last time I checked, there's some giant hulking man named... Alvarez for the Astros. So he's most likely going to hit a home run today.
2: Yeah. Domingo Herman now uh, entering inpatient treatment for alcohol abuse. Apparently mm-hmm. it got ugly in, in the clubhouse Hard with him. To feel
4: too bad for that guy. But I, right, you never want to see anybody struggle with those issues. But he was kind of already on the bad guy list as it was. Anthony
2: Rizzo with concussion problems from earlier in the season, which is a bizarre story. And yet, and yet, with all of that, they're two and a half games out of a wild card spot, which is kind of amazing. The
4: bullpen, you know? Yeah. But it's all about the bullpen. That is the bi- that is the big difference. Also, we've kind of had a paradigm shift in baseball. Not to overquote the rules, but we want to think about the subsequent impact of those rules. What do we got? You know, we got five year highs in batting average, batting average on balls in play, and also the stolen base numbers are just through the roof. Will somebody going to get contact teams that don't strike out? At the end of games, just being able to eke it out. Marlins, Guardians come to mind, right? Out, overperforming a bit, not really offensive juggernaut. So, yeah, you don't want to tussle with the Yankees late, but that's a claim to fame.
2: Yeah, listen, this is, again, bullpens are, are the, the thing that are, you know, when we talk about baseball, we don't often gravitate towards, but there's so many teams. The Giants leap to mind for me as the team that it, it's completely the bullpen uh, that gets them yep. there. All right, you do have a total. This is a Rockies game, but it's not at Coors. You got the over here.
4: Oh my gosh! My announcer is looking at me. The only word I get that goes yeah, man. I, I hope I'm not putting the jigs on this. This is—I can't believe it. I'm gonna put the curse on it. This is the highest total I've had modeled all year long, including Cincinnati and including Coors, which is, wow. which is out there, but I know, but the numbers really bear this one out. This one just seems like the the white flags are are, are waving. So, Colorado's running out the gun show. That's Chris Flexen. Eight ERA, (laughs) one nine whip, 1,000 OPS, not a single. I mean, his expected ERA is near seven. He has a K minus walk rate of three and a half. Not to be outdone by Adam Wainwright, a bit long in the tooth. He has a seven two ERA with a one nine whip, expected ERA at 7.6. Single. Another K minus walk at three and a half. These are not viable in today's game. Like, this just. This just cannot be. Flexen has an 1100 OPS allowed, 10.5 ERA on the road, not to be outdone by Wainwright, who's generally good at home, has a 1,000 OPS and an 8 ERA at home. This one somehow is still at 9.5. I don't know how it hasn't landed in the double digits, especially because the Cardinal offense has really woke up as of fight. They've been very good. Their losses, similar to what we mentioned, they were struggling with the bullpen, but also the type of starting pitching. If we know batting averages up, all that other stuff that I mentioned is up. You want to avoid contact. That's always been the Cardinals kind of clean the fiend. Living on soft contact and letting the defense kind of mop up the rest. Well, with batting average up, it's really hurt them. I think this one goes way up. I'm gonna probably going to even get a piece of like some alt totals. But yeah, for right now, over nine and a half, Colorado and St. Louis should be an easy one.
2: Yeah, this is just a buttress what what John is saying. So Flexen has an 8.08 ERA with a, a, one point, what is that, a 1.93 whip. Wainwright with a 7.18 ERA with a 1.90 WHIP, and then I just want to ask you. Hold just on, for... kill, kill.
4: check it out. Yeah, check it out. It gets even worse. It gets even worse. You hop into the bullpens. Colorado bullpen list. 51 innings, 6.5 ERA, 1.6 WHIP, two home runs for nine. St. Louis bullpen list. 42 and a third and 14-day samples. I like to look at waves. You know my work. 5.3 ERA, 1.6 WHIP, 2.86 batting average allowed, 42% hard hit rate. Gosh, I just don't <laughs> see how this one doesn't get. This one's gonna be decided by touchdowns, I think.
2: I'm laughing because everything you're saying makes complete sense. And then what like how loud is the voice in your head that's going and we go to the ninth and it's the Cardinals too and the Rockies nothing.
4: <laughs> you, know, you know what? You know what, Gil? I love it. I mentioned that on my show today. I'm also gonna be sure that I put at least one American dollar on the alt under two and a half runs total.
3: Okay. There you go. Because
4: this one this one ends two to one or seventeen to fifteen, and I'm not hearing anything in between.
2: You are right though. You are right. This is just Damn, I mean, well. it, it shapes up to be awful. That's for sure. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Great seeing you, man. God, I missed you, Gil, man. you too. John Legace, everybody at John Legase on Twitter, L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A from The Athletic. We'll come back. Women's World Cup with Paul Carr. Four games this weekend. That's next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a
5: numbers game with Gil Alexander on
2: Now Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM, Gil Alexander, Kelly Midlin from the beautiful South Point Hotel Casino. Tip of the strip coming up this hour. Survivor talk, some survivor tenants, food for thought. You don't have to buy into what I say. You don't have to just follow it sacredly. But maybe there's something I'll say. that will be like, hey, that makes sense, young Gil. Or maybe you'll be like, "Uh, I don't like the way you're doing it. I'm going to do it my way. Which, you know, I think most people do in the end. But we'll talk survivor and survivor strategy as we are but, oh, just a little more than a month away now from the National Football League season and the obsession that is survivor. We'll do that. Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke. Talk baseball. Pete Futak on some more college football again on the Heels. Of our college football guide release, but first, some college football talk, some basketball talk, international basketball talk, with our senior NBA analyst who uh, goes off the NBA trail for a couple other things. He's also the uh, host of Hardwood Handicappers, which he does with Young Kelly Bidlin. It's Jonathan Von Tobel? Everybody, how you doing? JVT.
0: No, I'm good, man. It's you know, it's a busy time of year. I was out at training camp for a Team USA yesterday. I'll be back there later today. I'm actually sitting outside of the Fortita Football Complex right now. UNLV. About to get started for their fall camp, so football's in the air, as you said, Uh, going everywhere, man. It's crazy.
2: Wow! From practice to practice, sport to sport. The other thing that I heard that you're doing, I actually didn't hear that you're doing it. I read that you were doing this. You are modeling the NBA for the upcoming season. Is that going to happen?
0: Yeah. So I actually I did build a pretty archaic NFL model that that I'm trying to kind of accuracy uh, you know get pretty accurate and ready for the NFL season. Uh, Doing it with the NBA model as well. You know, I'm kind of switching gears. And going to go, I think a player-based model for the NBA because what I've been doing team-based-wise has not really been coming back uh, with a lot of correlation uh, to you know home margin of victory. So I'm going to try that out. And look, I I would very much stress as to anybody when I've talked about this on the air. To me, this is very much an experiment to just kind of see, kind of like a journalistic endeavor to see what a lot of these really smart guys do on a day-to-day basis and what the process is like. So. Am I building it to become a billionaire one day? No. But do I just want to see what the process is like? And am I now fascinated by it? Uh, absolutely. So, yes, that is going to be an endeavor for the NBA season as well. And I've started constructing that.
3: I love it. Yeah, we started talking through it on the last Hardwood Handicappers episode. It's it's awesome. I, I, a lot of props to JVT for being just – it's very open, honest out there of what he just said of, hey, I haven't done this before. I'm going to try to build this up. So, yeah, we kind of went through it on last Hardwood Handicappers. You can check that out. Um, and yeah, he's gonna keep doing it, man. Eric Eager's gonna come on and break oh, it beautiful. down. Tell us, where, tell tell him where the hell he uh, screwed up. And <laughs> I've seen your right. model; yeah. it's
2: awful. <laughs> no, I, I I will say this, JVT. When you say player based, you're on the right track because you know I'll just say Dr. Bob, who I worked with for so many years. His strength, I think, in modeling is that he he got to the minutia of the value of each player, and that's where his was better yep. than everybody else's. That he knew when a lineup had changed, and based on rotations. That's what made it accurate. Not doing it by team because that's too blanket.
0: Yes, for sure. Yeah, and I would say, like, really quick too. Like, you know, I made this point we talked about in the podcast. You know, in the NFL. When you have 22 guys on the field at once and so many moving pieces, I, th- I think it's a little bit more. It's a little better for you to get some catch-all statistics and do it team-based. Uh, but when you're talking about the NBA where one guy can carry so much weight and where the results can be really random throughout a regular season because scheduling and whatnot, it makes a lot more sense to do a player based than the NBA.
2: All right, let's dovetail off uh, the two practices that you have either attended already or are about to attend. Let's talk about the one you're about to attend, which is at UNLV. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Mountain West? I know you're a keen Mountain West football and basketball for that matter, but in this case, football observer. What do you think the uh, the di- the prognosis is for UNLV, and who do you see winning that conference?
0: So I, I think UNLV should be competitive. I, I will be quite honest. You know, when you have a win total of five and a half, like heavily shaded to the over, like a buck fifty five, uh, it seems a little expensive to me given what the schedule looks like. You know, the Mountain West is, is not really great. Like, it's not insanely top-heavy, but the teams that are in the middle are very close to one another. So – if UNLV is improved, they're going to be inserting themselves into a lot of coin flip spots at best against a lot of their opponents and to expect them to come out on the, you know, at least a, you know, break even side of a lot of those coin flips, I think is somewhat foolhardy, especially when you look at some of the details of it, like, you know, Doug Brumfield quarterback for UNLV. He's very, very good, uh, but he's also got a tendency to miss some time because he is a very slight kid. Uh, he did allegedly add about 15 pounds in terms of muscle throughout the offseason. season. We'll see that it helps him because he's going to stick around in terms of availability. They have a much better shot but their schedule is just so challenging. They get Fresno state, they get San Jose state, they get Colorado state, all teams. that I think at this point rate at the very worst equal and at the best, or, you know, excuse me, at the best equal to them. And at the very worst, much better than them. And I would say San Jose state and Fresno state are in that category. So I, I think overall for UNLV, very much lean to the under, it could be an improved season under Barry Odom for his first year. But I think that more comes in the ATS results as opposed to going over the win total. And as far as the whole conference is, is concerned, Look, I bet Fresno State a 4-1 to, to win this thing. I, I think, you know, I bet them last year, Gil, they are a very, very good program. And while they lose a lot, Jake Hanner's off to the National Football League, As are multiple pieces on that offense. They have an offensive line that comes back largely intact. Mikey Keene comes over from UCF to take over a quarterback. Jeff Tedford's a brilliant head coach who's won multiple Mountain West titles with different quarterbacks. He's a little bit of a quarterback whisperer. I think Keen's going to be able to hit the ground running. You bring seven to eight guys back from a championship defense. I think the uh, Mountain West better watch out one more time for Fresno State, especially at a price of four to one. I think it's definitely worth buying into. I got that over at Circa and a price I would recommend very much.
2: Yeah, we were yesterday on the show or the day before we were going through the grid in our college football guide. And I, I said that, you know, the Mountain West was actually the conference that we had as the 18 people who were giving picks the most consensus of any conference was yep. the mountain west 16 of 18 people had boise state and kelly because i guess you were on you were here filling in you had done this whole thing about fresno state kelly was like wait jvt better be one of the two and in fact you were fresno state yes. being your pick all right about the fiba world cup so i think there's a i would i would imagine most people listening to this right now are probably even unaware that this is happening it's an international tournament it begins towards the end of this month, it's in the Philippines, it's in Japan, it's in Indonesia, that's where the games are going to be played. So again, much like the Women's World Cup, a bunch of overnight stuff happening in terms of our viewing. But you got the likes of Egypt in here and uh, Jordan and Lebanon. I mean, there's a bunch of countries, but you just went to the USA practice. Who do we have planned for our team in this?
0: Well, it's a really young team. Uh, you know, I, I actually just put up a, an article up on the website right now, vcin.com, talking about the inexperience of this squad. You know, this is the first time since 1992 where you don't have a single player on this roster that has had um, a single start at the senior level for Team USA. There's not a single guy who has done it. It's the first time since the uh, USA team has been put together involving NBA stars that not a single player on this roster uh, got an an All NBA nod the year prior. It's it's a really inexperienced group. There's a couple of guys who have played at the junior level or on the Select Team. For those who don't know, the Select Team are the guys that are actually chosen uh, to practice with the senior team as they get ready for competition. Actually, Kelly, our guy Langston Galloway is on the select team. Saw him yesterday. So, um, but if you look at it, inexperience at the top of the list, guild, like, there's a lot of guys who do not have a lot of experience playing on this level. And I think that's going to lead to, uh, I think, a little bit of a bumpy ride for the Americans. Look, there's a lot of really good teams in the FIFA World Cup and basketball in general at the international level. You know, we can talk about the usual suspects. France, they're very old, but very experienced. You know, Slovenia with Luka Doncic, who led the Olympics in scoring. Uh, back in 2021 and then there's other teams that are loaded with nba talent like germany and others and i think that this is going to be one where you look at the odds market gill and you see them as odds on favorite and i think a lot of that has to just do with they are america we should be favored but they better watch out because there's a lot of teams out there and specifically team canada a team that i've got to bet on a plus 450 to win this thing that i think are going to give them a run for their money
2: i was just going to ask about canada because don't they aren't they to- almost they almost have more of a of a more talented starting five than we do right I mean, I think
0: that that's, you, you can argue it. We we don't know who the starting five is going to be for team USA, but at the very least, I think they're going to have the best player on the court nearly every single time, unless they run into Slovenia at some point, because they have Shea Gilders Alexander, they have Lugan stored, they have Kelly Olenek, you know, in the last couple of days, a little bit more um, doubt has been thrown onto what Jamal Murray's role is going to be. He's had some odd comments about getting his body ready and not really being up to speed for what team Canada, or, you know, the rest of the team Canada has. So, I think there's very much doubt that he's going to be available at the long stretches. He's mm-hmm. out there at camp and he's playing. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, that, that knocks him down a peg, but Shea Gilders, Alexander is going to be the best player on the floor. Almost every single time he takes it. So I would argue if you weight him heavily, then I would say, yes,
2: they could have the best starting spot is Wiggins not playing.
0: No, he is not. Yeah, then that's the other thing, man. This is the tough part about this. You got to keep track of all these guys. You know, like Giannis, for example, for Greece. uh, The Greeks are in the American group, but there is no idea whether or not he's going to play because he's recovering from knee surgery. And every quote is this, uh, you know, thing shrouded in mystery as to whether Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be available.
2: Okay, so Canada four to one. You have a bet on them to win this. Yes. If I said to you, all right, what say again? Oh so plus 450 is the, the price that I got yes. Plus 450 for JVT shop around as always with all of these. Hopefully uh you can shop around and multiple books have this available. Um if I came to you from the future and I said hey JVT USA didn't win this, Canada didn't win this, who did? What would be the bet there?
0: You know, I think I'd probably go to Slovenia because I would assume that means that Luka Doncic went absolutely nuts, you know what I mean? And and that's a group too that has played together for a while. Like, that's one of the things that I think is really going to help them out in that regard is you have a group of guys who, while a lot of us in America haven't really heard of them, they have played together and had many minutes together on the international stage. And I think that's really going to weigh heavily. And as we were talking about with Shea alexander when you have the best player on the floor at any point, over the course of a small sample size tournament like this, he could carry it pretty far. I mean, he carried him to a fourth-place finish in the Olympics back in 2021. So I would say Slovenia is probably at the top of the list.
2: All right, we got 45 seconds, John. Give me your most... Outlying or most controversial NFL thought for the year or bet for the year?
0: Uh, I think that the New England Patriots are going to be very good. Plus, wow. for 10 wins, and make it to the playoffs. I, I like that team a lot. <laughs> I, I think that offense is going to be a lot better. That was a top two defense by EPA standards a year ago. Give me everything Patriots.
2: Does that mean you have the Jets in last place in the AFC East? Uh, they, I think
0: uh, at this point, it's either them or it could be the Dolphins. Again, health concerns with Tua. Hasn't shown an ability to stay on the field for an entire season, you know?
2: Wow, that was a good answer to that question. I had no idea what I was going to get back, but you are definitely on an island with that. All right, JVT having a <laughs> winning double digit wins. John, appreciate it and uh enjoy the practice, the UNLV practice that you're about to go to, man. Thank you.
0: Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it.
2: JVT, Jonathan von Tobel. Uh, at me J V T on the Twitter machine. We should mention that as well. Hardwood handicappers. How how many episodes a week off season do you
3: guys do on that? Uh, we've been doing about one a week since I mean summer league. We we're doing stuff every day, so it's only been yeah. it's only been a few weeks since Summer League.
2: How many podcasts do you do now, Kelly? How many? Uh, two. Hardwood
3: two. handicappers and right. long shots. Right.
2: See what he ends up with, podcast wise, in his career. See how many you can do at once. Jamal Murray's playing. He's playing. You're convinced. I bet Canada too, by the way. Okay, you did. We'll come back, uh, I should say, Jason Weingart, rather, from Under a Cloud of Smoke, some MLB, and what else he's betting next.
0: A numbers game on VSIN,
5: the sports betting network.
2: Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VSIN Experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI. And see which VSIN expert has the hot hand for VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up today for only $19 for your first month at VSIN.com slash subscribe it's Gil Alexander Kelly Bidlin here as well Pete Futak joins us from collegefootballnews.com it's college football week here on the network college football guide the VEASAN college football guide came out yesterday we had Pete talking some conferences earlier in the week we uh we were supposed to come on and we will we'll get Pete's thoughts on the big 10 and the ACC here momentarily but Pete uh first of all hello and welcome how you doing man you good
5: I I guess I'm doing better than pack, people trying to figure out this Pac-12 thing so, this morning where all of a sudden it was dead, now it's alive, then it's dead again. It's so weird.
2: Well, so this is exactly what I was getting to. So before we get into that, this is, this is just happening as we're on the air. The last we heard, you can tell us if we're wrong, is that what was supposed to be the end of the Pac-12 uh, perhaps has been exaggerated, that Oregon and Washington, this per The Athletic, Oregon and Washington, where it sounded like it was fade out complete that they were going to leave the Pac-12 on the heels of obviously USC and UCLA doing so, and then Colorado, not quite as important, but them doing so as well. That that was kind of that was kind of the end. Now they're not leaving, and Arizona's deals are not inked yet either, so they may stay.
5: And now, but they they just got done with this meeting where they were supposed to like figure out their grant of rights deal and all was going to be fine with the world, and they didn't do it, so they're still not we're still not sure what the exact deal is that they're being offered. And that's kind of the problem because it's it's more of a Big Ten problem right now than an Oregon-Washington problem because there are some parts of the Big Ten that are having reservations about wanting to expand this fast. I mean, they're getting USC and UCLA next year. The Big Ten can get anybody it wants at any time it wants. Big Ten's giving giving away $70 million a year in, in its media deal. So it can go pick and choose from any of these schools. It just is a delay on that end, and in the meantime, Oregon and Washington are having a little concerns. Like, look, travel costs are going to be a lot if we do this. We need, you know, we, we don't want to have our guys paying for soda here. We need the money here for this. So, uh, it's been it's been a delay on that, but they still don't have a media deal outside of what the, what Apple's offering. So. Uh, this has been a real funky time for this and it's only going to take five more twists and turns over the next <laughs> 10 minutes or so while we're on the
2: air. Yeah. Here. The PAC 12, you should, uh, we should clarify, does not have a media deal beyond the uh, Apple deal. Um, last thing on this, do you like, I mean, you no one's closer to college football than you are on a daily basis. You, you write about it every day in volume. Do you like where this is headed in general or do you dislike this?
5: No, I don't. I mean, usually I do. Usually I'm I'm the everything's going to be okay guy and people make too much out of, Oh my gosh, this tradition's gone. This, this one would stink. If the PAC 12 goes away, that's a unique subset of the college sports landscape Mm -hmm. where you have the California schools. They're different. No, the fan bases aren't as crazy as the sec ones because there's stuff to do in California. There's there's stuff that they live in places that are actually kind of cool with things that you can go do besides be insane over college sports, but they get into it. Of course they do. It would just, I I don't want to see the Pac-12 go away just because it is a different slice of the college landscape that's different. Arizona is not a big 12 school. It just, that doesn't fit. They're not middle America. You know, and so it's. I would kind of like to see the separation of conference power still stay a little bit more.
2: Yeah, I always said that when I lived in California, like, you know, when Stanford and Cal played the big game, they made such a big deal about it that week. And I'm like, no one really cares about this. Uh, And then USC, UCLA, I always thought, oh, you just go to the beach after this, whoever loses. Um, Exactly. Yeah. All right, Big Ten, because we didn't get a chance, you and I didn't anyway, to talk Big Ten. I was saying earlier, Kelly was... I have Michigan getting to uh, the Final Four. This would be a three-peat, if you will, for uh, for Jim Harbaugh. They get the game against Ohio State at home. Their schedule's super easy. So is Ohio State's. Penn State's supposed to be really good. How do you see it shaking out?
5: Yeah, exact same. I, I'm kind of figuring it's going to be kind of like last year, where uh, there is going to be a blip along the way, and that Michigan-Ohio State game is going to decide things one way or another. I I think Ohio State rolls through this schedule. I, I You look at what they've got. It's not easy. Penn State's tough. Going to Notre Dame's tough. But going to Wisconsin might be a loss. Uh, but this is a schedule that's very manageable for a team that's still, it's right on par with Georgia uh, in terms of talent. And we all, you know, it keeps getting forgotten over the course of uh, the history of the last several months. But if Noah Ruggles hits that kick straight, Ohio State wins the national championship. And Georgia is just kind of, a, oh, can they bounce back after losing the semifinal? So Ohio State's right there. But you look at Michigan, this might be Harbaugh's best overall team. His lines are great. The defense is great. He's got the best quarterback he's had since he's been there. That backfield of Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum is, it might be the best in America. That's an NFL tandem there. And you like you said, look at the schedule. It loads up fast with a lot of easy wins. But then they have to go on the road all pretty much a, a whole bunch over the second half of the season. So it's not going to be easy, but I do think it's going to come down to Michigan, Ohio state. And I do think both of them end up getting in the final four.
2: Is there a season win total in that conference, either to the good or to the bad over or under that you think is the best of the bunch?
5: Uh, at the moment, I'm kind of liking wherever you're seeing uh, Purdue. I think they're going to be vastly undervalued in all this. Uh <clears throat> Excuse me. And that depends on where you're getting Ohio State or Michigan. Anytime is it, it goes for all the teams here, anytime you can get a 10 and a half, you, you go under just because it's just, it's hard to get to 11 and it's definitely hard to get to 12. So if you're getting a 10 and a half on either one of those, it's fair to say if they're going to go under because one of them is going to beat the other and they both have to deal with Penn State. and they both have a bunch of landmines like Maryland's a landmine this year. That's a, that's a dangerous team. There's a whole bunch of other games in this mix. So if you can get 10 and a half on either Michigan or Ohio state, go for it.
2: All right. ACC. um, If we talk about a three headed monster at top, maybe, uh, you know, other teams will have something to say about that, but established quarterbacks, Drake May at North Carolina, obviously Jordan Travis at FSU. Cade Klubnick, not the same as that. Um, a little more of a But
5: elite. probably better overall. Okay, eventually.
2: so so they, that's what you think. Better overall, eventually.
5: Well, May's, well, maybe not. May talent-wise, he's a top three overall pick. So I'm not going to go there. But Klubnik's supposed to be Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he was at that level of recruit. He struggled obviously in the bowl game a little bit, but talent-wise, it's all there for him to be the next great uh, Oregon State, Oregon State, Oregon State, uh, Clemson quarterback. But then again, I was, I still love DJ Uianguale, who's now at Oregon State. So uh, the talent is there to be just that good. Uh, In in all this, I am not a thousand percent buying into Florida State like everyone else did. I know everyone's in love with them, but they might start the year two and two. I mean, they start with LSU; that's probably a loss. Southern Miss, they'll win that. They have to go to Boston College. They'll win, but that's still a little bit of a fight. And then they got to go to Clemson. So this this whole Florida State thing can be derailed right out of the gate. Now, if they beat LSU or Clemson and go three and one right. or better, yeah. all of a sudden that changes the dynamic. But I think they're going to lose both those games, and I still think Clemson's Clemson's better. I mean, Clemson won. It, we again in the revisionist history here. If Clemson doesn't gag late against South Carolina, they go on to beat North Carolina, and they're in the college football playoff getting lumped by probably Georgia in Ohio State South. So they're even better this year. They are loaded defensively on the front seven with guys who are going to be taken in the top 50 in the NFL draft the next year. So this isn't the Clemson team of the past that's going to roll on to win the national championship, but to win the ACC. Florida State's got to come to Clemson, so I'm going Clemson.
2: Yeah, but that see that is though you touch on a week, and you and I touch on this every year as others do, which is you know baseball's 162 games. If your handicap is right, you can overcome negative variance during the season, right? And you can it'll manifest over that many games. NFL is 17 games, super small sample size. College football is the ultimate small sample size. So you set it with Florida State; yep. those are those two games, LSU neutral site, and then at Clemson. If they win one of those. All of a sudden, it shifts from, you know, well, let's see what kind of bowl they can get to, to uh, if they don't lose again, they might be in the national championship. Who knows, right? So that's all it takes. Well, look
5: at the, well, look at the finishing kick, too. At Wake Forest, at Pitt, if in early November for Florida State, that's going to be a cold-weather game. Tough. Miami, who who's considerably better this year. And then they close out at Florida. None of those are ga- uh, just two foot putts true. So I I would actually, so we're talking, you know, who do I like win total wise under on Florida state? Because I I'm more under the idea that this is more eight and four than 11 and one, not because they're not talented, not because they're not great because there's a lot of nasty road games in this whole mix here.
2: And now a comment from Florida state Seminole, Kelly Bidlin.
3: Oh, Pete, it was great having you on. (laughs) I can't make
5: your team better. If I could do it, if I could do it, I would happily make your team. And I can't get your team out of the ACC. I have no ability to stop them from to to get them out of their grant of rights deal. It's going to keep them until you know doomsday. So uh, I would if I could.
3: Hey, Pete, don't worry. Uh, FSU legend Drew Weatherford is all over it. Okay, he's working on it hard. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Last thirty seconds here, Pete. Is there is there a sneaky team in the ACC that we have not mentioned?
5: uh boston college they're going to be better and nobody's going to think anything of them because the acc and there's a whole lot of different teams there but they do have the pieces in place to have a far far better team than they've had over the last few years
2: all right peter futak everybody collegefootballnews.com is where he plies his trade how pumped are you for college football my goodness i am pumped at pete futak f-i-u-t-a-k thank you peter there you go my man the ray romano tweets will begin on the comparison of Pete Futak to Ray Romano. <laughs> happens every year. Happens every time. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up. Not before we talk survivor strategy. Let's talk some survivor next. Numbers Game, V C and the Sports Betting Network.